Everybody, it's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Tuesday night. We have a lot to talk about, but first, the drink of the night is a Gatorade. Yep, and it's the red one. We had a really good fight this past weekend with Virgil Ortiz versus Michael McKinson. Virgil Ortiz, of course, is the number one WBO contender. McKinson was the number five WBO contender. Both were undefeated with Virgil Ortiz being 24 years old. He's at the point of his career where obviously every fight's important, but this is kind of one set out for a big a big step for his career. One where he's supposed to perform very well and represent himself as the next face for the welterweight division. Of course, there's guys like Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. at the top that uh, are currently holding that place. But Virgil Ortiz, uh, given his young age, has plenty of years left ahead of him within the division. And likewise, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence probably have one, maybe two more max in the weight class, if not their career altogether. Virgil Ortiz went out there and won via a ninth round knockout with a left hook to the body. This was a really nice shot and uh, a good representation of his skill set, being able to uh, not go away from uh, his bread and butter, even as it got late in the fight and he was made to work a little harder. You know, this was a, a, a good fight for his career because it, it kind of gave him like a little test. You know, every young fighter needs a test like this where it's not necessarily that they're put to the edge of potentially losing their record, but that they're getting some good work in against a top competitor or at least one who is formidable and they go out there and they prove that they're the guy. Now, I'm, I was really impressed with Virgil Ortiz's uh, showing and I'm really looking forward to what he has for the rest of his career especially in the immediate. Now we got some other news coming out. We're 11 days away from uh, Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua 2. This fight's going to be broadcast in the U.S. on DAZN, and globally this is going to be broadcast on Sky Sports. This is pretty interesting given the fact that Anthony Joshua has an exclusive deal with DAZN, but due to a purse bid, Sky Sports was able to put an offer that was just <laughs> too much for DAZN to to match and so for the rest of the world outside of the u.s sky sports is going to be the broadcaster what's also interesting though is uh, alexander usik secured a free stream for the people in ukraine his home country this is fucking awesome man and in the grand scheme of things this is a small gesture but for someone who is a hero to his community you know really proud of him for you know making that a priority you know, at the end of the day, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but this is something that his people are going to really care about, and this is something that he's really proud of, and every time he steps in the ring, he fights for his country, and this is this is just something really great for him to, you know, represent for his people. Now, staying within the division, Tyson Fury announced that he's ending his retirement, and I said that with a little emphasis because no one really thought that Tyson Fury was going to stay retired, but while... His retirement is ending. He's not stating that he's jumping in with Alexander Usyk, Anthony Joshua 2 winner. He's actually stating that he's going to fight Derek Chisora for a third time. This is very disappointing for boxing fans as no one sees this as a formidable opponent at this point in Chisora's career. No one sees this as honestly an entertaining fight. This is just, I don't want to say a cash grab because quite frankly, and with all respect, I don't necessarily know what Chisora brings to the table in terms of dollars, but I guess it could be just a fight to get Tyson Fury's legs a little wet, 
my best guess would be that he actually did take the retirement a little seriously and wasn't training hard and this will be an opportunity to get someone who is familiar someone who is still very talented despite his advanced age but someone who's also limited in terms of where he is at with his age and where he is at at his point in his career so this is someone that tyson fury can feel very comfortable with stepping in the ring and hopefully would be something as a stepping stone for an eventual unification bout that's going to be my best guess and honestly what i'm hoping for and what almost all boxing fans are hoping for so while there's going to be immediate cries for this being a fight that no one gives a shit about hopefully it's actually a step in the right direction also within the division Deontay Wilder recently trained with michael hunter and i gotta say man he looks slim you know he's a really tall guy six seven and he's been slim throughout his career but this is something that's especially interesting because it brings further speculation that he's coming back for another fight. Weight was an issue in his previous two fights with Fury. He kind of put on a little muscle, you know, was a little top heavy, at least more so than he had been in his past. He was, I would say, about 15 to 20 pounds higher in weight than he was for the majority of his career. And this was definitely a factor. You could see that he was fatigued a little earlier than what we've seen in the past from him. And he wasn't moving and I mean, to be fair, he doesn't really necessarily move his upper body that well to begin with, but that extra weight just hindered him a, l a little more. And against a guy like Tyson Fury, who's as accurate as he was and is, um, in those fights, it was just too much for him. He showed that he had heart, he showed that he had power, but the skills and uh, the hindrance of the weight was just a little too much for him. But given the fact that he's shown that he's he's lost that weight, what else can people think besides he's doing it for a comeback? I thought Chisora would have been a nice opponent for him for a potential comeback. But like I said, he's going to be fighting Tyson Fury if that fight gets signed through. I mean, I was talking bad about Chisora for a Tyson Fury opponent. But the reason why I think this would have been a good opponent for Deontay Wilder, he did beat a Kubrat Pulev in his last fight. Like I said, he's also at the point of his career where he's on the way out. And Deontay Wilder is kind of at that point where he's at a crossroads. Just got to keep it honest. You know, he was a champion for a really long time. And he's coming off those losses against Tyson Fury. He doesn't necessarily have anywhere to go besides up and out the door. And unfortunately, out the door is where a lot of people think he's headed next. So getting someone like a Chisora who is formidable but limited at this point of his career would have been a nice stepping stone for Deontay Wilder coming off a really rough loss and an extended layoff. But now that that's not a factor, I can't help but think of other options out there. You have Frank Sanchez, 30-year-old Cuban, undefeated, and most importantly, fights with PBC. That's someone who you could see stepping in the ring with Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is very familiar with the Cuban fighting style, just given his fights with Luis Ortiz. And Frank Sanchez being undefeated would give a nice name, at least in terms of uh, record, for Deontay Wilder's career resume. Now, another option out there would be Kaunaki. You know, he's coming off three straight losses, so obviously not the highest on the list but given that he fights with pbc he comes with a very loyal polish fan base that's someone that i could potentially see being a deontay wilder opponent i don't necessarily want to see the fight 
but you know if he gets signed I, I won't be disappointed I just want to see Deontay Wilder fighting again I want to see him in a good headspace and fighting Kaunaki I would feel very confident in a Deontay Wilder victory and call me a little biased but I'm fine with that that's something I'd want to see people are holding out hope that maybe he would fight an Andy Ruiz but I think PBC is also trying to build up Andy Ruiz a bit to see if they can get him in another title fight. And I don't know if they're ready to pit their two top dogs against each other, especially at this point in their career. Just given the you know recent comeback that Andy Ruiz is having himself following that Anthony Joshua loss, you know he's had an I wouldn't say a nice win, but he had a win against uh, Chris Ariola, which was exciting for fans, not necessarily putting himself on the map and on the radar of the elite of the division. But he's still putting in work and continuing to lose weight and get stronger. And I don't think that's the proper next step for Deontay Wilder, unless he truly was just looking for one last fight before he has to go. Because if that's the case, then I'm all for it. Like That's a test for both men and would be one that would be well respected it would just might be too much of a test given the lengthy absence that Deontay Wilder has had on to the UFC for a bit there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of rumors about who Conor McGregor would be fighting uh, upon his hopeful return he recently announced that he's actually going to dabble into acting a bit and he had some tweets that kind of gave people the idea that Maybe this is kind of where we're going to see him the rest of his career. We've kind of seen one foot out the door for a while. He hasn't been the most dedicated in terms of training. And even inside the octagon when it's time for fight night, as uh, evidence of when he fought Dustin Poirier, came at him a little aggressive. He didn't establish himself with some leg kicks early on, which is what he was good at early on in his career. And he eventually bit the bullet and suffered a, a really nasty defeat which was uh you know the second one in a row from him against Dustin Poirier and a string of losses that he's faced in his recent UFC career a lot of people want to see him maybe double back into boxing and a lot maybe a stretch and of course no one would be able to dismiss his feelings for that given that boxing could bring a higher payday and uh, let's be honest not even could be would bring a higher payday for conor mcgregor but that's not what we're gonna have next just given where he's at um in his ufc contract just because he decides he doesn't want to fight in there anymore that's not going to be an option you know we wouldn't be able to see him jump to the other side of the combat sports world that's not necessarily how it works you can't just retire from mixed martial arts especially with a ufc contract and jump to boxing or else plenty of fighters would have done it most namely nate diaz he would have done that himself speaking of nate diaz coming up at ufc 279 on september 10th he's going to fight kazmat chimeyev obviously a lot of people are pumped up for this fight not necessarily for the right reasons though especially for a ufc pay-per-view you would hope that you'd get a highly competitive fight one where even if it's not 50-50 and even if it's not one where you see the underdog having the highest of chances, you don't want to see a fight where Nate Diaz almost has no opportunity to win this fight at this point of his career. You know, he's a heavy, 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 and they can't stress that any less underdog and for good reasons. Kazuma Chimeyev is a fucking badass. But at the end of the day, this fight should be exciting. And uh, I guess the tale of the tape will be 
will Nate Diaz get knocked out or submitted, or will he be able to last the full rounds? Because at this point, and at any point leading up to this fight, there won't be a soul out there besides maybe the city of Stockton that believes Nate Diaz is going to come out of that fight with a victory. Dana and the UFC are hoping for back-to-back pay-per-views, and just prior to that, a month earlier, or not even a month, honestly 20 days earlier, UFC 278, Kamaru Usman is going to return versus Leon Edwards. This is going to be a rematch from his 2015 fight versus Leon, and uh, honestly, it's going to be a really good fight. Leon Edwards had what ended up being a tough finish against Nate Diaz. He, I don't want to say dominated the fight, but he was comfortably ahead throughout the five rounds, and only towards the end was Nate Diaz able to rock him and put that fight in question. Luckily, for his sake, he was able to come out with a victory and on to his day with Kamaru Usman. Of course, everyone's going to be most excited for the potential of Usman winning 278 and Chimeyev winning 279 because that will set up a huge, huge pay-per-view between Usman and Chimeyev because Usman versus Chimeyev would probably be the biggest fight of the year barring a return from John Jones and a successful recovery from Francis Ngannou and them <laughs> stepping in the cage against each other. But in terms of what's realistic, Usman Chimeyev, that's that money fight. In terms of the combat sports world, that'd probably be higher on my list above Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk too. I think it would also be higher than Tyson Fury versus whomever wins that fight. The only one that I think would truly rival it would be an Errol Spence versus a Terrence Crawford fight for a multitude of reasons, just given how many years that that's been brewing as a a rivalry, that they're both American fighters. This is very loyal fan bases that both men have, and now that they're both on the PBC side of the street, and now that it's an actual possibility, talk within boxing circles is that this is actually really close to happening and there's a lot of excitement in the air about that potentially taking place. You know, there's a lot of word that this could happen at some point in late September. I doubt that it's going to happen that soon, especially given, uh, you know, how much money is going to be on the table. I think that there's going to be an ask from the TV side to, you know, set some time aside to do a proper setup for the fight. You know, I think from the TV side that there's going to be an ask for there to be a proper setup and a proper buildup in terms of promotion. Of course, a lot of people have been talking about this potential fight for years, but if it's not an actual product that people are looking forward to, if it's not an actual product that people have the opportunity to purchase tickets and purchase uh, pay-per-views for their television screens, there can't be a proper buildup. And... There can be only so much chatter without a product to have a call to action to make that final purchase. So on the TV side of things for Showtime pay-per-view or Fox pay-per-view, whichever one gets the nod, they're going to want some opportunities to have them go on shows like Undisputed, have them be broadcast everywhere throughout Fox Sports, probably have them be playing through on the commercials of the MLB playoffs in October. They're going to want those opportunities for as many eyeballs as possible 
to see these two men, their highlights, and what a potential fight could look like with a proper promotion. And because of that, that's why I think that fight would be the number one out there in combat sports. And I hope so, because if it is, that means the fight gets signed and we're going to see it by the end of the year. But if not, then number one would have to be an eventual Kamaru Usman and Kazmat Shemeyev, barring that they both win at UFC 278 and 279, respectively. You know, there's a lot of really good stuff out there, both sides of the street. Just to talk about Canelo Alvarez for a minute, because as always, he's my favorite fighter, and I have to. Bernard Hopkins recently said that he thinks that Triple G is in a world of eventual pain. He's going to get dominated, and it's going to be the end of his career once he steps in the ring with Canelo Alvarez for the third time. I'd have to agree with him, just given where he's at with his age, at 40 years old, and given where Canelo Alvarez is. He came after that loss to Dimitri Bivol with his head down a little bit, but that head down wasn't because he was completely hurt. It wasn't because he was mentally unraveled. It was because he had his head down, ready to get back in the gym and get to work and start training again. And he's been doing that for months, and I think he's going to be more motivated than ever, one, to prove himself to himself, his family, and his fans, but to also prove that he's going to put Triple G out and end his career. Someone who he's fought twice already, someone he has so much bad blood for, such a strong distaste, and he's going to want to be the one to officially seal seal that coffin up. We have a lot of good stuff, and we're getting about a month out from that fight now. This is a fight I'm really looking forward to. With this fight being just over a month from now, I absolutely cannot wait. And I know that there's going to be millions of fans out there that cannot wait either. Fortunately for boxing fans, we have a lot to look forward to in the meantime, and we have a lot to look forward to following that fight as well throughout the rest of the year both in boxing, in the UFC, and in the MMA world altogether. Once again, I just want to take the time to thank you for following The Bad Promoter. Keep checking us out on Instagram and Twitter at The Bad Promoter. Keep reading and keep listening on thebadpromoter.com and at Spotify. Thank you.